Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another round of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. This week, we have a special episode. This week, we're starting off our series, or not a series, but what Mike and I have decided to call the Real Film Nerds Legacy Podcast. This is where we go and watch a movie that is not currently in the theaters or show or whatever, and then uh, we bring someone on and we talk about it. Well, my nice, wonderful, amazing co-host is busy this week. He's out at a wedding and TDY for work or whatever, bunch of stuff, so he is not able to record. So we have a super special guest this week. It's my good buddy, Matt Santos from the Mile High Show. Our sister podcast, probably more like a creepy uncle podcast. And he is going to join me with watching a true legacy classic film. He, I guess he's not going to pick up his mic and say hello. Well, I know, just for a minute. Now he's going to say hello. Turn it off. So, so Matt, say hello. <coughs> I'm going to cough into it. Hello. Real film. Or just, you know what? This is the... This is the first time I've been a guest on a podcast. Really? Ever? Yeah. You you haven't been a guest on the podcast like all the different comedian nope. people? No. Because, I mean, I know you record a bunch of those and you know a yeah, lot of those but guys, all, but you've, they never have you on? No, no. Most of them don't live around here. Well, I would think- I'm always here. Especially with the festivals and stuff that they would have you on at no, least once. No. Well, that's kind of Always the, the bridesmaid, never the bride. The Always the pod, never the- podcasty i don't know okay well you are you are our first guest i guess you would say because so you got sponsors yet no not yet then this episode of real film nerds can be brought to you by kroger's tussin cf non-drowsy for adult multi-symptom cough medicine it clearly doesn't work because you were coughing up a storm sir typical real film nerd style especially when we first bring someone on and you are technically our first guest ever because Mike was going to be a guest and then he ended up becoming our full-on co-host. So you are Mister, technically our first Mystery guest. Mike, the barefooted. Well, I told him I told him the other day, and we didn't record it when we were doing Ready Player One, about what you call him. And I was like, dude, come on, just go by what Santos likes to call you. And it's the mysterious shoeless Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed for about five minutes after I told him that. But he thought that was great. So, Matt, how much of a fan of films are you? Huge. Now, you you guys, and when I say you guys, I'm talking you, Mike, uh, the guys from over at Blue Milk Podcast, uh, BJ and all those guys, Dirk, are hardcore, nerd out, name the years they came out, uh, you know, who, who was the key grip, you know, who was the assistant director, you know, all that stuff. To me, that's kind of like... I wouldn't go that like, far, but yeah. Well, I mean, but you guys know a lot of the... We know deep, a lot, yeah. Especially in the genres you like, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, things like that. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know the backstories, you know the character histories, how they came to screen, the differences between, especially, like you say, the sci-fi and the the uh, superhero and, and fantasy worlds. Uh, the differences between the uh, written word, the graphic novels, and how they change to get on screen, all that stuff. Yeah. The different incarnations when they get rebooted and things. 
So we're giant nerds. Well, no, to, to me, to, well, that too. To me, that's like, I, like I'm a baseball fan. I'm a sports fan. I love watching games. I love going to them. I love playing them as a kid. But I'm not the guy that could sit there and spout batting averages from the 70s or 80s. It's the numbers aren't what it, what get me. I under, I understand that cuz I'm not a super huge sports fan, but um I don't mind I like going to yeah. live sporting events, especially photographing. I'm not a super huge fan of photographing. I just have been told I'm pretty good at it. But liars, I, I know, liars out I know. there. But I love baseball. I'm a yeah. really huge fan of baseball, especially my Diamondbacks. But I can't name the whole 40 man roster. Yeah. I know a lot of the big names. I don't know the stats, but I love the game and I love my team and I love watching them. So kind of like that, right? There was a guy I knew growing up. Still know him. I just don't see him that much. George Reed, who was that guy who would always quote you. Know, you we'd go to a game. We'd go to an A's game. I grew up going to Oakland A's games. And we'd go there and sit in the stands, and he would say, oh, well, last year, this time, he was batting 287, throwing out all these numbers. And I was always blown away, going, man, I can't. how can he retain that stuff? And this went on for years. And my brother and I were talking about him one day. I said, yeah, it blows me away how George can quote all those stats. And he laughed. He goes, you know he's making all that up, right? <laughs> he was pulling my leg for years. I didn't know. Anyway, uh for me, going to sporting events, I love. I could sit and watch baseball in the stands, in the sunshine. Bleachers are the best. Sitting out on the lawn at spring training oh, is yeah. for me heaven. Oh yeah, oh, like on a blanket uh, with some beers oh, without yeah. without shooting them. But you know, like you, I've been photographing sports for the bulk of my life. I could watch baseball on TV. I could watch it in person without even thinking about a camera. When I'm watching uh, fights, boxing, MMA, if I'm watching basketball, if I'm watching football, pretty much any other sport, after about 30 seconds, all I start thinking is how I would shoot it. So I I, I can't go to I, – I, and I've done it before as a fan going and sitting in a, in a stadium watching football. I don't really enjoy it. I don't enjoy watching basketball unless I'm shooting it or any other sport. Baseball, on the other hand, I could sit and just enjoy the, the ballpark experience. And I don't know why that is. I can, I can understand that. I've done that, you know, quite a bit, not just on sports, but yeah. just any kind of event, rock concert, hell, even just walking up and down Whiskey Row, See, going to work or whatever. Either. I'm still thinking, like, how would I shoot this or how would I do yeah. that? And I think that's just the photojournalism mindset. But. Concerts either. I, I, I can, if I'm in, like, a big arena show or a stadium show, can't I can't enjoy it. To me, they're just boring. I'd rather listen to the CD in my car. Uh, small clubs like we have on Whiskey Row, no, I could sit and I can enjoy that, but I'm still typically shooting pictures at the same time or thinking, how would I do this in this lighting and stuff like that? Oh, well, you know, if I could afford it, I would probably go to as many concerts as I possibly could, but yeah. they're ridiculously expensive. But I, I, the hard part that I have with concerts and any of the big events like that, shooting-wise, is I would like to be down shooting it so I could have photos of my idols yeah. that are mine, not someone else's. I would love to do that. But yeah. anyways, that's all well, besides to, the to, point. To bring it back to real film nerds is the feeling I get when I go to a baseball game. It's not even so much going. It's not even so much the team or watching the game. It's especially like a stadium, an arena, like specifically Oakland is, is where I'm more familiar with when you're walking through the parking lot 
and you can hear batting practice going on. You hear the crowd when you walk through the tunnels because you got to go through kind of like the underground to get there. And you're in, you know, under the concourse. It's kind of dark. And then when you walk out to the seating area and in a specifically a daytime game, the, the sunshine, the sights, the smells, the deep green of the grass or at night you see the bright lights. And again, that color of grass in a major league field is there's nothing greener. No, it's maybe a golf course. To me, that is the experience. That's what I really enjoy. And I start thinking back to, okay, when I was a kid, and we used to go to the ball games with my dad, and we never went without at least five neighborhood kids with us. So there was always, you know, 10 people going. That was the experience. That's what I enjoy. It's the same thing about going to a theater, to a movie, to bring it back to real film nerds. I enjoy watching movies at home, uh, streaming them or on DVD or Blu-ray where you can pause them. It's convenient. It's great. But there's nothing like going to a movie theater, killing the phone. You know it's not going to ring. There's not going to be any interruptions. You can't pause it if you want to get a snack or go to the bathroom. you got to do that beforehand because otherwise you're going to miss something. And yeah, the- I was just having this discussion yeah. today with our former co-host, Seth, <laughs> at work about how you know, it's great, you know, all the access that we have to media, Netflix, yeah. Amazon, Blu-rays, streaming, Voodoo, all that stuff. It's great. But still, there's nothing like the experience of going to the theater, sitting down, having your soda, having your popcorn, hot dog, whatever, and trying to hold your pee as you're <laughs> waiting for the movie to come to an end, you know, because you're right. It's an experience. It's yeah. a giant screen. You experience, It's a communal experience. You experience it with a lot of other people. I usually go there by myself and no, cry. I, I enjoy. I love the movie theater. I enjoy love going it. by myself. I love sitting in a theater uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday when there's 10 other people in a big theater. I don't mind it at all. People used to make fun of me. Say, oh, you're the lonely, lonely guy. You go by yourself. I enjoyed doing that by myself because I could just sit and concentrate. Yeah, and, and actually focus it. on the film. Now, But wh- the other way, it's also a blast. Like I go with my comic book shop yeah. a lot. Game on. Um, here in Prescott at the Prescott Gateway Mall, by the way, um, <sighs> they will go and buy out a theater and sell it to specifically people that are diehard fans that want to yeah. go see it. And that is an experience of its own yes. versus just seeing it alone with in a theater with a bunch of nobodies. Going with a bunch of people you know that know the background, that know the stories, that love the comic books, that love the other prequels, they laugh when they're supposed to laugh they don't talk when they're not supposed to be talking i mean it's it's a total another ball game. and that's the beauty of going to the theater because it's great to and i've been in some of those uh theaters where it's really empty you know like a, a early matinee especially on a rainy day going into a theater and watching something kind of by yourself you got the whole place to yourself but the, the flip side of that, it's also just as great to go on an opening night when the theater's packed and it's an ex, you know a big blockbuster coming out. So so it's just neat being in that experience when the you know when the house lights kind of dim and you know the previews are going to start. It's exciting. And I remember the first time I took uh, my son Anthony to the theater ever, the first time ever. What what movie was it? Uh, you know what? Now I don't remember. Again. It wasn't so much the movie, it was the experience of going. I want to say it might have been I Turbo. I want to say I think I remember what it is, what? but I'm not 100%. I think it was either Cars or no. Planes, wasn't it? Pla- no, you Planes was the first time we went as a family. Okay. It okay. was almost the same week we went, me and him by ourselves. I think it was Turbo. 
because we went we went by me me and Anthony by ourselves, and then we took Mrs. Mile High show the next time, and it was really close. I think it was within a week, and I think it might have been Plains. Cars was out long before he was. Was born. it okay? Yeah, but um, I think well, so, but there's been three what three Cars movies oh, only, now. I've never seen any of the other ones. I've only seen oh yeah, one. there's a bunch. The yeah. first one I think I haven't seen the second one, but I saw the first one. Uh, I saw that one actually when I was in New Mexico, and I took my nephews, yeah. and they loved it, and they kept saying how, oh, man, this looks just like New Mexico. Ah. I'm like, well, yeah. they drove down I-40 and hit all the Route yeah. 66 spots, specifically in Gallup, where I was, and in Winslow, where we drove <laughs> past, Ligman, and the, Seligman, yeah. and Flagstaff, and so that movie, that's why it looks that There's way. There's a great documentary <laughs> on the tail end of that, uh, included with the, on the, the Blu-ray. DVD, yeah, Blu-ray. DVD. It, it, it introduced, uh, interviews Angel, the guy that has this, the barbershop in yeah, Seligman. Yeah, I remember it's that. It's pretty yeah. cool. Anyway, but the, the thing is, is going to the theater, and we have a, you know, well, we do now. Uh, we have a very big screen, thanks to Matt Hanshaw. What is that? A seventy inch, sixty five inch? Sixty five, yeah, sixty five. Before that, changes your life, doesn't well, it? Well, before that, our our movie, our TV screen was that one. I don't. know, What is it like a thirty two? I think something I know, like probably that. Probably smaller than that. The one in the front room, twenty seven, maybe. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. But, but that's what he's used, or, or watching him on a laptop. That's what he was used to. So to see his eyes the first time he went into a theater was exciting. It was fun to watch. Uh, and then 10 minutes in, he looks at me in the theater and says, Pop, pause it. I got to go pee. So we had to miss, <laughs> we had to miss it. It was hard to explain to now, him. He'll learn. He'll learn. He the older he gets, he'll learn. Now he likes, we've gone to more, more movies. But that first time a few years ago when he didn't understand the idea of, no, you can't pause. You can't stop it. This is, this is something a group, a big room full of people are experiencing together. It's not something we're watching at home by ourselves. Now, now, Mr. Santos, as I do with all the new co-hosts, or in your case, Real Film Nerds guest number one, what is your favorite movie? Uh, you know, to me, that's kind of like saying what's your favorite song. I have tons of favorites, and it all depends on the mood I'm in. Um, there are some that I could watch over and over and over again, and I have. Uh, and then there are others that I may see once every four or five years, and they're equally as enjoyable to watch. Um, I, there's too many to choose from. I'll, I'll tell you. It sounds a lot like kind of how I am when it comes to the movies is that yeah. I have specific ones I like of – the different genres, but, you know, push came to shove. I had to say, you know, Empire Strikes Back, even though, you know, that's to be expected. <laughs> but, like, one of my fi- – like, I was talking with Mike uh, – no, I think it was Seth – on uh, the first episode, you know, I Cabin in the Woods. I'm not a horror movie person at all, but I loved Cabin in the Woods. That's my fi- – probably, to this day, my favorite horror movie. You know, you know I, I, I love comedies yeah. to death. I love dramas. You know, Schindler's List, incredible film, incredible film. You know, I, I, there, there are some movies that have really made that bring up emotional. They're like emotional impact movies for me. Um, one of them, and I talked about it on my podcast. The archives are available at MileHighShow.com, where there's also an Amazon link you can use to support the show. Uh, <laughs> a, a few months ago, a few months ago, they did uh, they did Fiddler on the Roof at PCA Prescott Center yeah. for the Arts. Frank Molly was the director, and I sat down and talked with him. And the reason I wanted to do a podcast on that play 
is because I've seen the live production a few times, but I've seen the movie dozens of times. Uh, and when I tell people that, a lot of times they'll look at me and kind of laugh. Like, you like Fiddler on the Roof? Because I'm not a musical guy. But one of the very first non-kid movies I ever saw growing up, I was, whenever it came out, what was it? I think 72. Um, I was, you know, five, six years old. And up until that point, we used to go to the movies a lot, even as a really little kid, because my, both my mom and dad grew up in the late 30s, early 40s, where their their entertainment was every Saturday, they would go with a, a dime and go to the movie, get in, get you know, snacks, candy bar, whatever. Cool off in the air conditioning. For for a dime, they had a full afternoon of entertainment. So my mom specifically grew up every single Saturday. She was at the movies from the time she was four or five years old until she was out of high school. Man, I should have your mom on. (laughs) The good thing is, and I told you this when we were talking about what movie we wanted to do, was uh, at – you know, pick something you haven't seen. Well, for me, if I haven't seen it in the last six months, it's brand new because I don't remember anything. Every movie in the world That's is the brand drugs, new. To, kids. Every every movie in the world is brand new to my mom because she doesn't remember yesterday. But uh, when we were kids, we my mom would take us to the movies, and I remember the first non like Disney cartoony movie I ever saw. In a theater, we saw a lot of them on late night TV and Saturday afternoon TV, old, you know, westerns and John Wayne movies and stuff. But the first adult, quote unquote, movie I saw as a kid in a theater was Fiddler on the Roof. And it blew me away. Just the, 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 the history, the fables, the old, uh, oh, uh, Tevye the Milkman, who was it? I can't remember now who wrote the, the original short stories those are based on. But to see that film at such a young age really made an impact. So I really enjoyed watching that. So that's one of my favorites. Uh, I love the old bogey movies. Uh, Casablanca is one of my favorites that I watch at least twice a year. I've got a classic. I've got a bogey little box set I got at Costco. I've got actually two or three of them with different films in each box set. But, you know, the big sleep. um, Oh, dark. Is it Dark Victory? Now I can't remember. But a lot of those old uh, PI, you know, private eye cops and robbers movies that Bogart was in are great. Um, so I love watching those. It's kind of hacky to say because it's, you know, on everybody's top 10 list. But Citizen Kane, to me, is such a beautifully photographed movie. It's incredible the angles that Orson Welles used, in, and especially when I saw that. Uh, the first time I saw it, I want to say I was probably a freshman or sophomore in high school, and I yeah, saw you were deep into your photography. No, at that's that when point. I was first starting, getting involved. Yeah. So to see the composition and the angles and things that he used to photograph that movie, I was blown away. So that made a big impact. Um, and then, of course, you know, in and I want to say it was eighty. Fact check me on it because I don't remember. But uh, me and a couple of buddies of mine, I was the youngest. They were. Uh, they were, you know, 17, 18, 19. We hopped a BART train in Hayward. That was like the subway version of uh, of what we had in the Bay Area. See, now it's starting to turn into the Mile High well, Show. we hopped a... Because, you know, I, I grew up in the Bay Area. <laughs> I, I We jumped a train at about 3 in the afternoon. You know, we it's a little thing. It, it goes under the bridge, under the Bay Bridge. And we got out in San Francisco, took a Muni 
to Daly City, South San Francisco. It was right across the same parking lot, but across from the Cow Palace in, in South City, San Bruno. And, uh, and we then hopped the fence at the drive-in that butted up against the Cow Palace and watched oh, the Blues man. Brothers when it first came the out. Blues Brothers And then incredible. we took a train back that night. So we got home at like 2 in the morning. But to see the Blues Brothers, and I was... Ah, what was I fourteen, fifteen when that came out? But it was when it was first released. So, <coughs> to me, the Blues Brothers is also one of those iconic movies that that really stands out. So it kind of depends. Favorite movies, it kind of depends on what kind of mood I was. I'm in. Uh, the weather plays a lot in it when it's a when it's a, a cold gray day, and you know I work out of the house, so my f- schedule's real fluid. Some of those days when it's when it's nasty out and it's cold, wintry, stormy day, there's nothing like a good old black and white movie. That's when I turn to a lot of my bogeys and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. That's my long answer to a to I know, getting nowhere. And, and thank you for joining us on the Real Film Nerds podcast because <laughs> I'm sure that's at least a half hour by now. Twenty one minutes. Twenty one minutes. Nice. <laughs> but let's but go on what we're doing. What I what I miss is uh, drive-ins. I really do miss drive-ins. Isn't man. there still one down the valley? I don't know. I think I know there they is. had one at one point. My little sister, my younger sister, went over to it a handful of times. You know, she lives down there. And I haven't heard about it since. I think there's still one like in uh like in a Buckeye area, that that far west side. Now was, gosh, we I com- remember doing that when I was a kid. Going when we to were the coming back from California driving in Tucson. When oh. we were coming back from California a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I saved it uh, and I don't remember what town it is. It's just east of LA, like as you're getting out of the LA basin. And uh, we pulled over, got some lunch and and gas and stuff. And right across from the Costco gas station is a big, huge drive-in. Serious? Yeah. And it's still active. You know, they had the sign. That would be fun just to go and watch a movie. What was the the last drive-in you went to? I I can't even remember it because, I mean, they just started just going. Just It was like the flip of a switch, you know. And granted... Growing up in a town smaller than Prescott, you know, we had a three-screen movie theater, and then we had the drive-in in Tucson, and that was it. Yeah. And so for a treat, we would go when we were visiting my grandpa or whatever, we would go to the drive-in when we were visiting him or after, or he would go with us or whatever. And that was late 80s, early 90s. I mean, I was young. I was 10, 11, 12, 13 tops. Mid-70s through when I graduated high school, we had... The Hayward Five, which it was the Hayward Cinema. It was a two screen when I was a kid. Then they went to three. Then they went to five. And that was big. The Festival Six, which turned into the Festival 20 or something. And then the Southland Cinema at the mall, which were, these were all these. I'm naming these. They're all bike distance from my house. Hayward Cinema. Oh, that's nice. The Festival, the Southland Mall, which was a two screen and it was a general cinema's. And it stayed a two-screen for a while. I don't even know if the theater's still there anymore. And then we had three drive-ins bike distance from our house. The UC drive-in, oh. the Hayward drive-in, and then the other one, which would have been a long bike ride. But we did ride our bikes there before. So the we used to go to them all. Like I said, Mom used to take us to the theater a lot. 
to the movies. And the drive-ins were always, you know, that was where we'd go in our pajamas and fall asleep in the back of the station wagon. Yeah, that's what we. Would, that was the station weapon is what we. But the my, la- it got named when I uh, inherited it in high school. The last. But yeah, dri- that's what we, I saw ours in. And we used to go to the drive-ins all the time in, in high school. Uh, you know, the statute of limitations is over, but we used to go, uh, Nick Carpenter had a big Bronco and we would all pile in there and, uh, it was one with the removable top and he would throw a big, uh, sheet of plywood in it. And we would go in about five of us in his Bronco pay to go in and then take that plywood and throw it over the spikes so that our buddies can drive in over the spikes. <laughs> and obviously, you know, lots of coolers and lots of beer and stuff. But we would do that in say, high school. I was expecting you to say plywood so it would hold the keg so it no. wouldn't move around and get foamy. No, that's we didn't what care I was expecting. The and then you know, Jack Daniels doesn't get foamy. So we that's true. <laughs> but no, that's that was true. you would let you know because they got those spikes. Poking up yeah. out of the ground so you can't ride. Well, you throw the plywood over there, and then your buddies can all drive over the plywood and get in, get in uh, without paying. Uh, that was in the early '80s, and then the la- I'm trying to think. I think the last one I went to was like in '89 at the Union City Drive-In. Well, you can tell me when. You probably know when it came out. You might Encino Man. Oh when, Lord! When Encino Man came out, I, I, took I can't my, even. I don't even remember. I it took was, my nephew. It was late eighties, early nineties. It might have been ninety, ninety one, ninety two, somewhere in there. Uh, it was. I it was say, when Pauly Shore was first coming on the scene and hit becoming big. I know. I took him in my Forerunner, Here, and I. This got, is why we got the internets. I got. I got my Forerunner in eighty eight, and we went in my Forerunner. Um, so I want to say it was prob. I, I, I don't know. Ah, the mythic forerunner that I still have never seen, and I've only been living here for coming up on 12 years. When did it come out? Encino Man. Oh, great. It pulled up Encino, California. (laughs) I even put in Encino Man. 1992. Was it that late, huh? So that See, was the last. So I told you, eighty nine. It was like eighty nine, yeah. ninety, ninety one, ninety two, somewhere in that there. That was the last drive in uh, movie I went to. I, had I known they were all going to close soon after that, I would have went more. Well, anyway, the movie we're talking so, about now. So, all right. So, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Santos up, has the synopsis pulled up on his pull, phone. Pull it up on yours, because I, I have. We've got it paused at the start of this movie. Okay, so you want me to – I know you already had it pulled up, but I will read the synopsis and oh, go all ahead. that stuff. Go ahead. Well, it's loading. For some reason, my internet just tanked. Come on, internets, work. Are you downloading something? No. Pornography? Uh, I like that you come the, over to my house to download <laughs> pornography. What are the other, uh, what are the other questions Jeez, you usually so ask? so rude. No, I usually just ask what your favorite film is and, you know, stuff like that. Well, you know what I do remember about this movie because I I knew virtually nothing about Pee Wee Herman, other than seeing Paul Rubens on like oh, you know Saturday now night, finally fired up, and on uh, on talk shows and stuff. I didn't know anything about uh, the Pee Wee Herman show, which I guess you grew up watching. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was already you know well because you gotta understand yeah I I watched the show. I don't know. I think the show came out before the movie because it originally started as Paul Rubin. If you can't tell, I was a huge fan of Pee Wee Herman when I was a kid. Um, Paul Rubin originally stand, started out as one of his stand-up kind of routines yeah. is he was Pee Wee Herman. And then he did a special for – it was either Showtime or HBO one those, yeah. or one of the big pay channels, which back in the 80s, 
late 70s, early 80s was a big deal because people didn't have them back then. And so he did a huge hour and a half, maybe even two hour long. I remember we had a videotape of it and that just skyrocketed him. He got a TV show. I think it was on Saturday morning. It ran either at the start of the cartoons on Saturday morning or at the end. And then he did Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and then he did Big Top Pee-wee, the big cinema films. And Pee-wee's Playhouse, Pee-wee's Playhouse ran from eighty-six to ninety-one. When was uh, Big Adventure out? Big Adventure came out in eighty-five. So the the movie, wow. the movie kicked into the show. Then interesting. And the 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 people that were on that and in this movie, um, the biggest in in comedy. I mean, Phil yeah, Hartman, huge, huge. Phil Hartman, he's in this movie. Yeah. Yep. So, anyways, all right. So, let's get back on the movie. It is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It came out in 1985. It stars, as we were talking, Paul Rubens, Elizabeth Daly, Mark Holton, uh, Diane Salinger, Judd Oman, Irving Hellman, Monty Landis, Damon Martin, and that's plenty because I can keep going. Yeah. And now this one I did not know at all. It was directed by Tim Burton. Oh, yeah, I did. I had no idea. Yeah, and that's what uh, – it was one of his early ones. And just the the colors and the lighting in this movie, all the all the huge neon colors and everything, really – you know, he's been using that style for a lot of different things. So, when did Batman come out? Oh, um uh, the original Batman? Well, his, Burton's. Tim Burton's? Ew, it was like 91, 92, 93, somewhere yeah. in there. I was uh, middle school age. But so, yeah, you could see, but, you could real once you know it was him, and I remember it being him because at that time hadn't really heard of him, you know, and then, you know, when so, was Edward Scissorhands? Edward's same. It was like, it was uh, mid to late 90s, I believe. Yeah, because the, 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 the way... His style comes through is really evident in, in Big Adventure. Well, I, I didn't even know that. So I've the been dinosaur a fan, section. I've, I've been a fan of Tim Burton for basically almost my whole life then. But um, um, written, back to the movie, written by Phil Hartman, Paul Rubens, and Michael Varhol. I like that. What, are you on IMDb? Yes. Writers, Phil Hartman, Paul Rubens. And others. <laughs> and others, yeah. They, it depends. You're on the app. I just pulled up the website. Well, and one and of the so, reasons because of that is, like you said, Rubens, the character of Pee-wee, uh, he was using, and I don't remember wh- whether it was UCB or Second City, whatever comedy group he was with, was an incubator for so many com- comedic minds that came up through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, just about everybody who came across through Saturday Night Live and all that through there was working with these guys. So there were so many people inputting into the script and into the sketches and things. All right, so here's the synopsis. There's multiple, multiple synopsis. Is there one that explains pretty much the whole thing? But So I'm going to pick one. This one is written by John Wiggins. Pee Wee Herman, a man who is handicapped by natural immaturity, has a happy-go-lucky life. His house is full of toys and gadgets and <laughs> has a dog named Speck. He also has a bicycle, which he loves like it's his own child. However, his enemy, Francis Buxton, who is also naturally immature and rich, uh, covets Pee Wee's bike. Then as Pee Wee was shopping for more toys and things for his house, he noticed that his bike was gone. He immediately blames this on Francis as he believes that Francis has stolen it. But Francis claims that he has nothing to do with it. This is when 
he tries to search for it. Then he was told by a fortune teller that is it is in the Alamo, which is in San Antonio, Texas. Pee-wee is determined to find his bike. What a great choice to do this in the man-child's house. <laughs> great. Now, you know what? I was waiting until you <laughs> left to cry. <laughs> We're sitting in a room with a two-foot-high stormtrooper. It's only a foot and a half. <laughs> a hey, that stormtrooper has more girth than either of us. The Star Wars gift collection. Do you got? Do, um, you know do you what? Have, the Pez collection. That was a gift. That was. Do you have from uh, work? Salt and pepper shakers. No. Star Wars. No, and that's I impractical. Know what to get you. <laughs> and we haven't even left the front room. The doll room is down the hallway. That is not a doll room. That is an office. There is a computer in there. Full I do work dolls. in there. I need to do my taxes still. I have not done my taxes yet. Okay, one of one of the beauties of this movie and of the character of Pee Wee is just he's so over the top goofy. Like just now, he was he's brushing his teeth and, and doing rabbit giant, dog. Oh, it's a giant toothbrush that's yeah. like twelve inches long. And he's getting scotch tape. He's going to tape up his nose. He's just being a goober. But when I watched this, I mean, I was nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Um, when it came out, so it it and and Anthony has watched a good chunk of this movie. <clears throat> so for little kids like you were when you watched it, and Anthony is now, it's hilarious because he's so goofy. But at the same time, it, for adults, it's also very funny, and it holds up to see how he, you know, the biggest thing in the world was his bike, and then that's what he was gonna he was gonna go on this quest to find. It's just it's just fun to watch. It's very funny to watch, and all the neighborhood kids that are also adults. Uh, well, let's just be honest about this. Who the hell doesn't want a fireman's pole in their house? Yeah, it's. I mean, that's. I don't Mr. care how old you are. That's fun. Yeah, Mr. T cereal. And there, I don't Again, care. His knife. It's a twelve-inch long yeah. knife. Because he's butter. a little kid, yeah. and everything's bigger. I, I think this really holds up. Again, like I haven't seen it in a long time, but I have watched clips with Anthony. We we test out a lot of stuff. We'll pull up things on YouTube and watch them with him. Because, you know, sometimes certain movies you'll be watching and you can see it's like he's not going to make it through. It just won't capture his attention. So we we do it in little clips uh, just to see, and then, then we'll go through. I think it's about time we watch the whole movie. And... Uh, large Marge, remember? <laughs> oh, dude, I can't the even. Truck driver. Like, I won't lie. That I won't scared lie. Me. <laughs> I had nightmares about that when I first saw this movie, and when probably until I was twelve or thirteen, which was probably the last time I watched this movie, was until then I could not watch the part where with her face and exploding and the scary stuff, I could not watch that. I had to fast forward through it every single time when I was a kid. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. It scared me so bad. And then, oh, <laughs> the scene with the dinosaurs. You know yeah. that's a legit spot that's in yeah. California. When I was a kid, we have a we have a timeshare out in California. We've had it since we left California in, I think, 85. <laughs> But we've had it forever, and we would go back every summer as a family to the timeshare. Well, my dad preferred to go the way through San Diego because it was faster because of Sierra Vista. 
Yeah. Well, you know where the dinosaurs are off of, right? No, they're I, off I of. They're up off of the northern part, closer towards um, I ten area. Yeah. It's a little two lane high. It's a, a. It's probably not two lane now, but it was two lane back then. And I begged him every year, let's go see the dinosaurs. Let's go see the dinosaurs. And one year, he finally, finally took the way to go by the dinosaurs, and we didn't stop. Ah. <laughs> And, and we just kept going. He's like, "See, look, dinosaurs." One of the I don't think there's anybody that lived through. Oh, look at that bike! Yeah, that thing is cherry, and I love how he has a secret room in yeah. the hedges. Oh, that's so great! What is it? What what kind of bike is that? It's probably a Schwinn, but it's highly modified for sure. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody that's seen this movie that could ever hear the Champs Tequila without. Envisioning oh. him in the biker bar. Oh yeah, that, that cl- fast forward there. That's a, such a classic scene of, and then when he knocks over all the motorcycles. Oh gosh. Oh, here's the. Is this the large Marge part? No, no. this is when he, when the dude has some drive and he's never driven before. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes off the side. Oh. And of course, the convertible top pops open as a parachute. That's Dude, right. He was a convict. I forgot. Oh, uh, I like how they use miniatures and stuff in here and don't even try and hide the fact that it's miniatures. And see, they're still falling. Like, how how far is this cliff? And uh, by the way, this does not work to use your convertible top as a parachute, nor does jumping off the roof with an umbrella. As, oh, yeah, I've been as, there. But. As I found out at six years old when my brothers told me it would work, and no, it does not. Oh, man. But I love that. the con- Oh, oh there's, there's Large Marge. Let's watch Large Marge. Put the sound up. Put the sound up. Oh, let me rewind it back to the start of it. <laughs> oh, this part is And funny. the cartoon eyes. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. And then he puts on, what, glasses or night vision or something, and it lights up, and there's all these animals around him. I don't remember when I've seen this. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Lions and tigers and bears. <laughs> oh, my. God, I seriously, like the instant, like I would sit and watch the this part where they would get together and he would climb in the truck and they would start talking and everything. But like the instant it got to a certain point, I would just, I would have to look away or walk out of the room or fast forward. I couldn't do it. I could Boba, not make sure do he it. keeps his eyes open. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm an old fart now. I don't think you're going to be able to do it. Empire State Building. <laughs> oh. I saw you blink. <laughs> oh, no. I watched it. But the whole thing with Large Marsh that I don't get is nothing prompted her to tell this story. He didn't. Nothing. She just starts telling it. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you hitchhike with uh, truckers. They often just go into random stories. From what I've heard. And then, heard. and then their face turns into um, claymation. <laughs> uh, I think this is the restaurant part, not the biker part. Uh, yeah. The dinosaurs. dinosaurs. The other thing that really upset me when I saw these is that I thought they were going to be green and red. 
They are not. They are gray. They are well, green they and red, red lighting, and I didn't understand that as a kid. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> to an entire bar of bikers. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're missing it. Oh, he just knocked him over. This shit cracks me up. They're all Hondas. And you can tell they just, you're backing out of, you can tell they're using like old junk bikes because they don't even have gas caps or anything. No. A biker gang full of 1972 Hondas. Yeah. Dude, that's, they're, they're that hardcore. Satan's helpers. <laughs> <laughs> There's one missing gas cap. That's funny. <laughs> I say we let him go. <laughs> Doesn't he get the shoes from like the best, uh, the dishwasher or something? Oh, no, yep. yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Look at those shoes. Look at those shoes. I think it, uh, this, the, even though we kind of went off rails a little bit. A I, little bit. I think. <laughs> Holy crap. This is about as real film nerds as the word real. Hey, I think it, we we talked about going to the movies. We talked about uh, favorite movies. I I think the the key takeaways from this podcast are one, um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure holds up. It's got some hugely hilarious scenes in it, and two, um, you're you're a real man child as we sit in in Maddie's Maddie's playhouse. <laughs> yeah, but I cook. My breakfast the old-fashioned way, and I drink coffee with my breakfast. So I'm not – I'm only like 30% man-child. Is that all right? Is no, that okay to th- say? I think your uh, your coffee-to-doll ratio uh, puts you above the bar. Well, I hate to tell you this, Maddie, but not everyone on this planet drinks four gallons of coffee before 10 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> all right. So, so I'm guessing we're closing this out. <coughs> I think so. So then um, we got to do some, our... You got some editing to do. Oh, dude. I don't. I'm just going to run You're it. Just this is roll a good, it. This so, is a good so swap here. cast. In the, in, the, in the real film nerds world, we rate all of our movies on a scale of one to five reels. Okay. On one to five reels, five being the best movie ever, one being nothing but hot garbage, where would you rank Pee-wee's Big Adventure? I think for nostalgia-wise and big laugh-wise, I'd give it a really good solid three. Nice. Nice. I think it's nice. a good solid three. I think it holds up. I think it uh, – I think it uh, – when you go through, especially now in hindsight, going through and seeing some of the people who were in it and, and how he developed the character and stuff, I think it's I think it's a solid three. Now, I'm biased because like <laughs> – I said earlier is I'm a huge, huge fan of this movie, a huge fan of Pee Wee. I was just ridiculously addicted to it as a kid. I just loved it. Um, I give it four out of five reels. I just, I just love this movie. And now that I know it was directed by Tim Burton, it just makes it that much better. It really does. Cool. Well, I guess that's it for this week, guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, (laughs) comment. Uh, give us reviews on iTunes like Maddie's going to do later, like what I did with the Mile High Show, so that we get more popular on iTunes. Thanks for hanging out with us. I know this is a long one. It's a fun one. It's a little bit different format. You know, shoot me an email, write me, write us on Facebook, 
Let Mike know that you miss him. Let me know what you thought about this, and maybe we'll see more of this shoeless format. Mysterious Mike. Yeah, the mysterious shoeless Mike. So just let us know. Let us know what you think of this. I, I've gotten zero feedback from anybody, so until <laughs> someone says that it's crap or that it's good, I'm just going to keep doing it. I don't care. And uh, check out uh, milehighshow.com for uh, lots of Matt Hinshaw and uh, and uh, interviews with a bunch of local and traveling musicians, comics, artists, and all those good people. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Matt, for coming on and joining me this week fun. and filling in for Mike. Uh should have had you promote your show a little bit more, but yeah. you know, I'm sure all three of our listeners already listen to your show <laughs> or know of your show. I know my mom does. Um, Patrick down in Phoenix, I don't know if he does, but uh, he should now. So we'll hopefully see. you will. Well, uh, I mean, you know what? You I need, need to, to get him, him on. on. I mean, yeah. we've talked but, about it for the dude, past couple go, of years. The next like Rattlers game, yeah. just go. To, well, but the problem though is when he shows up for the Rattlers game, he's he shows up right when it starts. Yeah. Shoots a little bit, takes off because he's got other stuff. No, I've got. I we talked up. about getting with him. In yeah, the past. hit him we up on his days off. He, and has, he wants to. He has like middle of the week days off. Spring break when Anthony's on school, go down for the yeah. day, grab Patrick. That'd be that'd be fun. Yeah. So check out. Check out movies. That's uh, most of, like I said, most of what you guys have been doing so far have been new ones. But uh, it's always nice to go down a rabbit hole through YouTube or Netflix or something and just find something that you haven't seen before. And there's a lot of gems out there. There's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great stuff out there in this world. Stuff from, you know, going all the way back to the 20s. You know, there's just wonderful, wonderful stuff out there. Just because it wasn't shot last week. I mean, not shot last week. Just because it didn't come out in the theater yeah. the weekend before doesn't mean it's not a good movie. So, anyways, thanks for joining Matt and Matt <laughs> on this week's Real Film Nerds. And thanks to Kroger's Tussin CF. That doesn't really work well. I think I'm developing a, a, a tolerance to it because that's the second bottle today. So so it's, it's getting on par with your coffee. <laughs> All right, everyone. Go out and catch a movie. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.